McNulty stunning for anyone to get up off Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, for Bobby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle. For McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bobby. Smashes it past McCormack. Won by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Ponting. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe, nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce and Matt Corrick. Proud to be Pompey. Hi Pompey fans and welcome to the PO Forecast episode 31. Well, what an absolute victory it was as Pompey steam up the table. We're catching on. And let's and today I'm joined by no new uh, fellow John. writer, John. Hi mate, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm very good, thank you. John is absolutely Absolute pleasure, mate, to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Awesome, mate. Well, um, just a bit, a little bit of housekeeping news. So you guys might have seen online now we've recruited some new writers, which I believe you probably will know about at the time this podcast gets edited, if it's me doing the editing. Uh, and John, you're one of them. Oh, so, yeah, I cannot wait. Cannot mate, wait to get started. Well, mate, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on board, mate. Um, and let's kick that off with a podcast. Oh, I cannot wait. Let's go. All right. We'll try not to sneeze for us since both of us seem to have colds, but let's go with this, mate. <laughs> So, in part one, we will be reviewing the Wickham game. In part two, we'll be doing uh, Masturbate and asking how instrumental has Brett Pittman been to Pompey's revival in form? We'll do some work around the league as well. There's a tiny bit of transfer talk to talk about as well. And then in part three, we'll be previewing the match against the team we never seem to play against, Rochdale. So, Wickham, I don't know about this, but I was in the corporate box at Wickham. Oh, wow. How did you land that? Well, through work, basically. One of the oh, suppliers. Yeah, nice. since I basically do interiors, one of the, I don't know if you know, they're called the chair boys. They are, of course, the chair boys. Yeah, and a bit of trivia. That's because uh, Wickham, the uh, big, uh, in Wickham, there's a big chair manufacturer called Verco, who oh, used to okay. sponsor the team, and basically they took me out to try and get me to sell some of their beloved chairs. Oh, that's not bad. Not bad. Free ticket and a free, free and a free, and a free points as well. What can you free, ask free points, free food, mate. Put, oh, although, free food as well. Oh, you're getting yeah. out there. Mate, I don't know if I will be welcome back, though, because apparently <laughs> apparently celebrating in the stand isn't, isn't appreciated, oh, number no. one. <laughs> apparently number two you're not supposed to be drinking your beers in the stand which are free oh, from the minibar oh that's stupid and also another rule apparently you're not when the game kicks off yeah you're not supposed to be drinking right where the window is where the box is yeah because apparently the people can see you drinking and that's against the fa rules which i think is a load of horseshit personally that is very very strange considering um, a lot of grounds in the football league you can drink happily in the, yeah um, the boxes <laughs> I thought it was very odd, so I just rebelled and took my beer into the stand. Good, um, good one. That's yeah. what I like to hear. Yeah, the par- <laughs> <laughs> apparently some of the people there weren't too happy. I was a Portsmouth fan either. Um, 
which was made more amusing by somebody else turning up who was also a Portsmouth fan and signing some Brilliant. sort of director. So we had quite a few beers. Also, you can go out and smoke at halftime, by the way, if you're, a, uh-huh. if you're in the executive section. Not oh, that I, I know that. Not that, that I Well, at Wickham, I'm guessing. I don't know. But not that I would... Uh, um, not that I actually say you should be smoking. It's very bad for you, and obviously no, no, one's, no one should be smoking. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to the game now. One's heard about my lovely day out of Wickham. <laughs> it was end-to-end, wasn't it, really, mate? <sighs> from, from the offset, I thought we started well. First yep. five, ten minutes, had a few chances. But we know how Wickham play. Once they get the ball, they're effective within all areas, and they start creating some peace and giving us problems. Yeah, no, completely. And I, I believe in the first half, I'd say that we controlled the tempo pretty well. I, I was bit, a bit um, worried that we would actually come out and then end up losing our way a bit and, and sitting deep. In the first half, we didn't seem to do that, did we? Was... No, we didn't. We defended well and we attacked well. It's just a bit annoying. We always go on about getting goals. I think we, we need to try and put teams to bed in the first half so we get two goal cushion and go in the second half. We get two more with us game. But we did obviously do that. Let's think about uh, Jamal Lowe's goal. Um, the person who stands out for me in this is, is Matty Clark. Yep. He, he seems to make more and more things happen, doesn't he, in the final third as, as the season progresses? We know how good he is on the ball. He, a good comparison would probably be like Adam Webster in that season, or his last season we had here. Yeah. He would run into midfield and create chances. Clark's doing that now. So the big worry is if we don't go up, we will lose him, as well as, say, Curtis Lowe. We get a very walk, some good players on the side. Mm hmm. I mean, I think that Clark would be, probably be the first to go in that oh, sense in the list. Hundred percent. But um, I mean, all the Wickham fans around me were just moaning about how he was absolute class and how he could possibly play further up the pitch. But I think Good. he's—he probably could do. But he's—I think he's best served where he is personally. Oh, he is at the back. He's sensational. Yeah, we, re- you rarely see him put a foot wrong. He's always doing like an eight or a nine performance at least. Oh yeah, he's just absolute class, isn't he, on the board? He I think really that. Is. As the ball comes over then for the goal, it comes over. And for those who haven't seen it, he takes an absolute touch, doesn't he, in his chest and rolls yeah. it down, plays it back into the danger area. Yeah. It's the complacency. He's so comfortable on the ball. Oh, yeah. Not the complacency. What am I trying to think of the word for? Composure. 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 That's, That's right, John. Word. Cheers, mate. Right. Yeah. So it's that absolute composure. He just he doesn't ever panic, does he? And he no. I love transferring that into the final third. I think that's just going to make him an absolute... Well, monster of a defender to, to look he's, out for. He's unbelievable. He really is. He probably is our best player. Well, he has been for some for a few years now, but this season he's shown, shown how good he really is. Yeah, he's just getting ready for our promotion, that's why. He is. He can't wait for the comments to go up at Sunderland. Yeah, you just see him walking off. He's just smiling away, ready. Uh, sort of like, championship Pompey, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I can't wait. Can't what did you, wait. What did you think of Jamal Lowe's finish then? It comes back out to him, doesn't it? And I he, thought it... It was a decent finish, and the um, bounce of the bounce of the turf um, gave keeper no chance. It was a good thing from Jamal Lowe, and it was a it was a decent celebration as well. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It was good, and I think that it just shows a bit of confidence, doesn't it? Really, it in the team. The top scorer now, fifteen goals. It's it's a revelation considering last season was it? He got was it was it um single figures? I can't remember. I thought it was eight. But I can't. Yes, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 don't want, I don't. I don't want to quote that because. No, but he was definitely on the 15, that's for sure. And he shows oh, yeah. how good he is. I mean, he's, a, he's an absolute, absolute dynamo this season, especially when you're really considering he's, he's missed a few games and he's also um, 
you know, you play, to be fair, he still plays wide. He's plays in yeah, an, he an, an attacking a three. Wide man getting, well, there's two wide men who'll get it, who double figures now. What, and also three if you can include Evans. That's brilliant. So it shows, last, considering last season, we could barely muster up a goal when Pittman wasn't playing. Now we've got everyone scoring. It's, it, is good, it, is good, it is good for the squad and good for the fans to see. It is indeed. Talking about Evans, in the first half, I think he struggled slightly playing on that on that wide left wing. Yeah, That's I think fair. he did. But then it was it was it was worth the worth the time given how well he played at Wembley the week before when he came on. Yeah, no, no, indeed, it definitely was. I, I feel that in the second half he actually came to life a little bit more. Actually, he, did, he found yeah. some channels and um, played better. He did play well. It, it, for me, it's just his energy, which is like his work rate, his work ethic. It's sensational, even if he's not the has one of the best living in the world is as long as he's trying to guess make stuff happen as we want to see from a modern player. No, completely. And was it was it Evans who played the ball through for Pittman in the second half? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Because that's an absolutely incredible ball. Um going on to that second goal. And Brett Pittman just takes that little cheeky touch, doesn't he? Which lays oh, him in on the goalkeeper. Yeah, it's a soft touch, isn't it? To take it to yeah, take the pass the defender. Touch to take away from the defender and the keeper and slot into the net. That's what we want to see from Brett. And yeah. it's free kick. Jesus Christ. Because we, I mean, we didn't score for direct free kicks. The last one we scored might be Cal Nason's last season, or knee two. The fact, the fact we scored one um, in, a, in a league game this season, it was a, it was a hell of a finish as well. I still won't get over it. It was Not a really great hard. free kick, but I do have a few reservations about how it's defended. Why the yeah. goalkeeper is over that side of the goal um, it, is, it is Ryan Allsop. I mean, no, we know too much about him already. Oh, of course. But the <laughs> fact that, I mean, I don't know why he slowed the tempo down, first of all, every time the ball went back to him. He took about no, I don't. two minutes to, to release still it. still not comfortable and it's been four, was it three, four years now since we had him? Yeah. He's not comfortable then, he's not comfortable now. But you know, when you're, when you're defending a shot like that, okay, the wall has to be on one side, which it, it was, does. and there was a substantial wall as well. And then the keeper just has to cover the other side. And yeah. if it goes over the wall and down and in, then fair enough. You know, that's a great free kick. But it was absolutely, I feel it was really bad goalkeeping. And I don't want to take that away from Brett Pittman because it was no. a great finish. A hell of um, a finish. But at the same time, I thought if you put McGivory in, in that position and you he, put him in goal, yeah. he's going to get to that. Yeah, he would 100%. And again, uh, we, we know how good Craig is. We know he would try at least try to. Um, put get touched to that. I think Walsop, it wasn't good keeping. Walsop could, could give the forward some praise and sense of how much a good d- delivery it was. I think we just have to give uh, the forward praise and say it was a great free kick from Brett. Yeah, true, for sure. Um, talking about uh, Craig McGivery, he's absolutely on fire, isn't he? he he's is. come out. He's come out of that checker trade trophy. Uh, penalty win. He saved the, the the hand of God hand that he's got. I know he said oh. it on the interview. He's going to save that glove. And, and gave one away, one away to a kid as well, which is good. That's to see. it. That's so nice of him, isn't it? Mm, but he's he's basically got in with his hot hand, and he looked absolutely incredible against. He Wicked. does. He, a couple he of those did, saves made some big, big saves, and that's what you want to see from from a keeper. Obviously, you want clean sheets, but you can't get clean sheets. You want some big saves to keep you in the game and win it. And the four times we held on quite well there. Oh, completely. And there was a couple in the first half, wasn't there? And there was one in the second half. And yeah. he's got such a strong hand to a couple of them. Yeah. He's not, uh, I think for a keeper, he's, I think he's got 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, so it's not massive. It's not small, by all means. No. So, for us, let's say a smaller keeper than the standard, that is really good going. 
I mean, you've got to put it down to the fact that if we manage to get promoted automatically by one point, that's the sort of person who, he's been a match winner for us, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he makes he does make he's done some big big performances this season. Granted, he get well. I'm trying to think of some ones. Maybe Luton at home, the first game of the season. Yeah, we, we never deserved to get anything from. Yet we came here with three, all three points. That's down to Craig and the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, and we'll go Bristol Rovers away. Um, Ooh, incredible save. And then uh, we'll go. Oh, the death, yeah, from Carl Bennett. That was yeah. Save. Yep. Um, and then Barnsley as well, that save at home at Fratton Park when, you know, we missed that penalty. But... Oh, yeah, it tipped onto the bar. Yeah, he just yeah, tipped he it off the body. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's just been massive. And I think that yeah. we've missed having a goalkeeper this good. We really have. Maybe David Ford in League Two? Or is it hard to compare the two, do you reckon? Oh, I think I think McGivery's head and shoulders. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I think he's probably the best goalkeeper we've had since David James. Ooh, that's a bold shout. But I think I have to agree with you there. I really do. Mm. And then before maybe Shaka Hislop, but they're, they're, they're the two names that came into my head straight agreed, away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on, because I think the goalkeeper performance was decent. Mm. Jamal Lowe gets a goal, Brett Pittman. It was a little bit... We dropped deep at the end, didn't we, again? But, but but that's the way we play on the jacket. Once we get the goals, we tend to sit back and break. If we can't break, we just sit back. And yeah. Last season, I wanted back, I wanted back us to be able to withstand all that pressure, which we always was going to happen when we're facing their fans second half. But we, we held firm and got the three points in the day. But it's just... I mean, Koshkat, Scott Kashkit's goal was... It wasn't worldly. It was a hell of a strike. Yeah. Craig had no chance, but... You must think that in the build-up, we could have probably tried to get, get, get a body to it and stop it going into the net or just clear it if we need to. Yeah, uh, for overall, sure. It was good. good that was that was good. I mean, Akin Fenwell came on and he managed to chest the ball down and lay it off for him. And yeah. it was an absolute absolute strike there. You can't blame that. No, and I suppose can't too much. It is no. And the other goal was offside, wasn't it? By Country Yeah, Mile. that's the thing. I'm, cause I'm not sure. Obviously, you saw the match as well. The officials were discussing each other on the far side because they weren't the ref wasn't sure what's given or not. And what happened was it was absolutely shambles. And the guy who scored, I think his name is Bean. Um, yeah, Marcus Bean. Yeah, he was absolutely dreadful, mate. In the first half, I mean, I remember even talking to the Wickham fans. He didn't really look like a footballer. No, he just he, he just dribbles, just sort of like bumbles around the pitch, around the centre circle a lot, and he wasn't checks great his hair, football, was he? checks his hair out, and just sort of <laughs> looks around himself. And he didn't look like he was particularly bothered, to be honest. He looked no. like. He looked like he'd come from Arsenal, been loaned out, even though he hasn't, and he just looked a bit pissed off after he played yeah. in his shit ground the whole time. He didn't play for the club. And at any level, any club, any football, you want them to play in for that said club, and he really wasn't. Especially when you're in a relegation fight as well, you yeah. know. People say... Because Wickham are in real, real danger of going down now. They massive danger. Um, and Charles and Max played games and lost both. So it's not good. That's 13 games now that a win for Wickham and, and the game that they had before that for a win was against Plymouth and Derek Adams um, and I think they won Jeez. one now. So they are absolutely on, on a bit of a plummet although I believe they've got South End to play still and uh, Walsall as well so there is a bit of um, hope they can get they wins. Can get, they, 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 it's in their own hands I believe it's still in their own hands if they win those games but obviously still. if you're a fan you wouldn't want them to be, have, have a job in the first place but sadly they are. No, not at all. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're not the most positive of football teams. I did no, see, running for that bean goal again, very quickly, I think it was quite funny because 
it was not. It was basically all the Pompey players, McGivery. They put their hands up. Yeah. The linesman doesn't flag for it. Nope. Um, the, the players. No, the players start. Yeah, the players start running over. The ports of fans start complaining about it to the referee. Oh, shocking! And then the linesman puts his flag up. Mm. The reason the ref um, gave a goal, I've, I've read on Twitter or um, I was in an interview. He believed it. He believed it took a ports to touch one of, our, one of our players when clearly there was no touch. No, no anyone, it was a offside player scoring. Surely, if, surely though, if the linesman puts his flag up. I mean, it was about a minute late. It was late, though. It was late from the linesman. It was so late. It was so late, wasn't there? They yeah. were nearly halfway up the pitch, and then the linesman gets his flag up. But um, anyway, it doesn't matter. We won the game. No. Yeah, nice. exactly. That's the way you look at it. Completely. It's fine margins. Of course it is. Absolutely fine margins. Have you got any more takeaways from the game, John? Um, ooh, let me think. I thought Thompson had a good game. Yeah. He's like... Nathan Thompson, he starts going under the radar at the moment for me, but he could be an outside contender for playing the season. That's a bold statement. That is, it, it is, but I think it's true. I think it's, I think it's warranted. He, he we all know his um, his core routine gets in the corner, flops down, win the free kick. It works just every single time, and we did did it on Saturday once again. It's, if he gets, if he were the reason I don't think he went is because we had such good play, play well, players playing the season. Hawkins, Evans. Curtis, mm. Lowe, Clark, Craig, Naylor for another number of players. So many good players on the side this season. If they don't go up, it will be a travesty. Oh, it surely will be. And I think the fact is that a couple of those will stay. It's just inevitable that not everyone will get bought. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it would be a, a real travesty to lose them all. Oh, it's, it's, it's a shame that none of our players are called Travis, because that would be great. It's <laughs> fun. Score the fallacies, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think Nathan Thompson, though, again, there's a lot of situations with his contract. Hopefully, mm. if you do, hopefully, if you do go up, it's all brushed under You'd the like to think after scoring the equals for us Wembley, he will have got, he will have got onto this club now. We've got an attachment, some attachment now. And I think it's a matter of time now before he signs the contract. It's either that, really, isn't it? Or he might just decide to give Danny Rose a bell and be like, yo, Danny, well, how's it like at Swindon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, mm, I don't know. I I can't see him dropping down because he's always said he wants to try in championship. Yeah, I know. he's getting on a bit, maybe. But... <laughs> he might. It depends on what his agent can drum up, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. It's true. Agents play a funny game. All right, dude. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, I'm going to press the stop record button quickly, just so you yep. know, um, just because it's easier for me to edit, basically. And then I'm going to press start again, and we're going to go straight back into part two and discuss the importance of Super Captain Brett. Oh, cannot wait. All right, cheers, mate. Cheers. Welcome back to part two of the PO forecast. And John. Yep. Got a question for you, mate. Oh, can't wait. Let's do this. Right. So the question. (laughs) Smash it at you. So (laughs) how instrumental do you feel that Brett Pittman has been to Pompey's turnaround in form? Ooh. Um... Ooh, Do you want me I to think... go first? I'll roll into it. Look, here's here's what we go, right? Brett Pittman. So I did read in the news, and I believe you actually had the stats originally for it, that yeah. Brett Pittman, when he's in the side, is more productive. Well, Pompey score more goals, basically, when he's out of the side. Also, yeah. that our win percentage is higher with super Brett Pittman in the side. Mm. I'll give a bit of context. I've been fairly critical on this podcast of um, Brett Pittman being in the side. Yeah. Before 
before he had that extended break, should we say, his mm-hmm. holiday, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And his, his little, um, yeah, his little holiday. His three weeks in Gun Wharf, whatever he was doing, shopping and going to Nando's. Trading on Saturdays alone, which is, which is horrible to hear about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so tragic, isn't it? It really um, is. Yeah. If he's calibre, he should he should have been started. Well, should have been the squad at the end of. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, he should have been. But I don't think it was working before when he was in the squad. I remember going to Norwich. Yeah, not at all. Well, I remember going to watch him. I went to watch Pompey at Norwich. Don't know if you were at the game. Oh, I love that. What a day. But he was was up front, okay? He was slow. He was chugging around. He had maybe two or three chances tops. I think it was that header first half, which he put wide, and Mm -hmm. that um, volley, the first time volley second half, which he also put wide, but... But it's not it's not it's not his finishing really that I was I was. Uh, I think it's his lack of lack of match fitness, lack of game time. He looks so there. slow though. He he. I mean now he he looks at a completely different player fitness wise. That, yeah, I agree that. But then you look at him in Wembley. I, we were there. We saw Brett Pittman sprint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tattooed on my body. It's not. It's not something you associate with Brett. But he's starting to show how. Like, let's see how quick he can be. Yeah, we talked about this last week on the podcast, and we were discussing that people were chatting about how he burst past Jamal Lowe in a sprint at one point. Yeah, and like, I know I know Jamal must have been knackered from sprinting all game, but at the same time, he just didn't have that gear earlier on in the season. No, and that's it's superb, really. It's what you want to see. What you want to see as a football fan in general is players putting everything into into their team. Brett then out sprinting their defender. That's it. that is it. That's all, that's all we want to see. Yeah, and that is and that is the thing though. So moving on from where I saw Brett yeah. Pittman in that in that level, yeah, to where he is now, he's come back into the team. Yeah. Do you feel that we would have turned our form around without Brett Pittman? I really do. Yeah, I think without Brett, we would not be where we are now in a chance in a battling chance of top two. And with Brett, we we can get it. One of those five states in our hands, Sunderland still boasting a two-point cushion over us, but it, re- it is looking likely. That, when it, that game at State of Light could be massive in terms of our promotion this season. I mean, for sure it could be. I mean, it's... I don't want to go into too much about teams around us because we'll get off topic, but, uh, well, we always get off topic. Chelton, mm-hmm. obviously, are steaming up behind us now, aren't they? And they've got a, yeah. they've got a chance, I'd say, now. Would you say of a top think, two? I've never um, um, written them off. If it's a chance, we always said Charlton... If, it, if they go and run, they can get they can get top two because it's so open now. There's four teams. If you, I think I think we can say Luton are probably up now, even if they yeah. haven't started a bit of slump in form. But second, Sunderland are currently leading it, but there's still Barnsley, us, and Charlton all within all within a good shout. But I, I mean, it's going probably between us and Sunderland due to the games in hand. But who knows? I mean, I've got football. I've got a sizzling hot take for you here, mate. Yeah, um, I'm going to say that in an ideal world, yeah. Yeah. If we're not to get promoted, I'd rather Charlton get in the top two. Why? So we don't face them this season? I'd rather play Barnsley or Sunderland in the playoffs than yeah. Charlton. Yeah. yeah. Charlton for us, they're still no Pompey fan want to face in the playoffs because they would beat us. Across two legs, maybe we'd get a one win, but second, they, well, they, they would beat us end of, which is odd considering last season where we managed to shithouse went at their place thanks to Stuart O'Keefe, his only goal for the club. <laughs> Yay! They, I actually Stuart O'Keefe, mate. I completely yeah, forgot that man existed. I always thought he was decent for us. I didn't. I'll be really? honest. Yeah, I was critical. I wasn't. I wasn't a fan. He had an engine, didn't he? He, he, he did. He was. 
in a way, a bit like an Ev- bit like Evans in, in in terms of his energy. But that's probably it. But that's the thing. If you take the ten goals Gareth Evans scored and the whatever, however many assists he's created and stuff out of him, mm. you, then you've got Stuart O'Keefe, haven't you? He scored one goal, which that's... probably wasn't even his goal. That's, <laughs> that's what I mean, though. He, I just think if you got Gareth Evans stripped all the goals out of him and stripped the assist out of him, yeah, and then you got Stuart O'Keefe. Anyway, back off Stuart O'Keefe. Brett Pittman. Let's be honest, mate. Right. Let's be honest, yeah. This yeah. new number ten role has absolutely reborn him, hasn't it? It has. Because it's you give him a new, a new lease for life with Pompey side. Before, when Evans was in the number ten role, he did a job, but after a while, he got a bit predictable and a bit stale. Mm-hmm. At times, he, I don't think he knew what he was really supposed to do. As it being, being a natural wide man, with Brett being a outside forward who can play this role before, we know we've seen Ipswich and Bournemouth. He is, he's dominating. He is sensational at the moment, and I think, I think if we don't go up this season, he's one who may not be here either. No, I think that's fair enough, or at least another team might start to pay him more in this league, depending yeah, on who comes down. But, however, mate, I'm going to put this out there because. There's been a lot of hype around how Pittman's playing, and I do appreciate what his performances are. I yeah. do think, though, that our problem before was not necessarily purely a, a, on a, an attacking issue, but an issue in the centre of midfield. Would you say that the synergy between Ben Close and Tom Naylor could be put forward as a potential reason why we've managed to storm back up the table? Yeah, I definitely. Well, when Ben Thompson, when ben Thompson was there, we all know how big a player he was for us. For sure. He lacked any sort of midfield presence. We, we, we're chopping and changing every week. You, you had Morris coming in, you had Close coming in, you had Donahue in, you had, say, uh, Andy Cannon, somewhere, who's, who's off to face the earth now. Uh, and yeah. maybe I think, played one game as well. We've had a lot of people chopping and changing in that midfield, and now I think we've got someone that's working with the back four stands is Naylor and Close dropping in as number two. Yeah. two of holding forwards and Pittman in front with two wings and wide and forward playing well. And it, it's working. It really is. No, it definitely is. I think Ben Close, obviously, people were calling him the Pompey Zavi. No one else loving him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I can take that. Is that does yeah. that make does that make Brett Pittman the Pompey and the Esther or oh, oh, the Pompey Suarez? How about that? Pompey Suarez. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It could work. Does that make Ollie Hawkins the Pompey Aguero? Um, the Pomp. Oh, who's the Pompey's Latin? I like Maybe. that. Yeah, really? he's really a bitch. Yeah, why not? <laughs> if only he could dribble better, that'd be perfect. <laughs> Do you know what? Ollie Hawkins is um his feet. He's actually very underrated. Yeah, I've noticed this. As the season's going on, he's got better with his feet and dribbling. People never seem to mention this, but he, I, I, I think I saw him beat a man on um uh Saturday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen him um, do quite a few things like this. So even when he won that red card against uh, Sunderland, he did a little Cruyff turn, knocked it yeah, past someone. And a big man, he got half by touching him. Wait, I know, I know. He's probably just having to... He's probably people don't notice as much because the ball's always flying up in the air towards his head. <laughs> That's about right. But... Yeah, no, yeah. He's a good target man for us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Brett Pittman... I'll be honest, Jeff. My assessment is that he's one yeah. of the biggest factors that we've um, one of the biggest factors in our revival. Fact we've got at the moment. Yeah. I'd say one of. I just think that, as I said last week, basically that his ability to drop deep and demand the ball. Okay, it's perfect. It is what you want, and also I think um, not just last week, but it's the epitomizes the captain's role. He's willing to do the dirty work in order to help the team progress. 
Yeah. And for those people who, and this is not me at all, I'm a big jacket, you know, fan, but for yeah. those who aren't and are concerned about his style of football being too long ball, Brett Pittman could be seen as the antidote. For instance, yeah. him dropping off and coming in demanding the ball, players just will give him the ball when he wants it. A, he's the yeah. captain. B, he's that sort of senior player who demands that sort of service. And that basically stops the ball being hoofed over the head of the attacking midfield. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that hit the nail on the head there. I think I, I don't get what people dislike. Dislike Jacko's football. At times, it's not pretty, but it's effective. His resume speaks for itself. He's he wins promotion from League One. That is what he does, and I think he would do a job in the championship if given the time. And given his contract with us, he will he will be there with us. Whether it's this season, or next season, he will help us in championship. End of. Yeah, no, I think I think he's I think he's done a fantastic job and. I think sometimes fans can get a bit frustrated, especially when you storm away with the league for the first half of it. Yeah, and... but were we ever convincing, though, do you think? Even when we were top, we would win the games 1-0, 2-0, 2-1. It's never... No, I agree. Maybe, maybe bar this odd season, the 3-0s, the 3-0s at Charlton, the 4-1 at Oxford, we never really smashed his... Well, although Sunderland's probably the exception to the rule, but overall, it was always 1-0s and 2-0s. Sunderland are very similar in the way that they're they're fighting this yeah. campaign. Although, isn't they? although they draw games, that's their thing. They draw specialists. <laughs> yeah, because what what group of fans wants anything more than to go out and watch a draw constantly? <sighs> I mean, it's a, such a deflating thing. You might as well win more games and lose a couple yeah. in the sense of exciting football. Then going to watch Jack Ross's football. Where you're just like, come on, boys, let's see if we can equalise <laughs> and grab a one-one one-all draw. Um, Throw in with a couple of two-one wins. <laughs> Yeah, they always give teams a chance. Which going going into the business in the season, it's going to help us out massively because they, they they've shown against Rochdale, for instance, they can see the first and four and score a last last win, which I'm still which I'm still annoyed about to this day. It cost me a bet, but <laughs> how um, much you lose? Oh, I would have won fifty quid. Oh, that's fucking out of order, isn't it? It really is. It pissed me off. Let's build. Let's build Sunderland. We'll get. Yeah, a and we'll send it over. Yeah, they'll they'll get oh. I'd rather get a three points fifty quid because I'd rather go up then. Well, I don't know. Mm. Or if a draw, I get the money plus a point. That could work. Who knows? That would work fine. Yeah, I reckon be... yeah let, let's do that. I, <laughs> talking about Sunderland, actually, after their disappointing for them anyway draw against Burton. Yeah. Uh, um, which, how do you how do you feel about the, their momentum after that draw? I think it's been it's been halted because they would have gone to games expecting to win. They're at home. They win the game. They go. They went second. Obviously, if they didn't lose, they go second, given the way they what the um, fixtures worked out. But but oh, Burton. From what I've seen of the interviews and seen the highlights, they more than merited the point and could have actually won it. They, they had some good chances. They forced um, oh, what's the keeper's name? The Sunday keeper, isn't it? Oh, McLaughlin. McLaughlin. How do you pronounce yeah, it? The Scottish guy. Some, yeah, something like that. It's Mook something. I say that. Yeah. Um, they forced Book something into some big saves, and on another day they could have won it two, three, one. I mean, he's a good goalkeeper as well, isn't he? he is, he's yeah. got and Scottish international. Way, yeah, he's probably an outside chance for goalkeeper season, along with um, Craig, obviously. But I think we have to give it to Adam Davies because how good he's been for Barnsley. Although recently they've slipped up, which is why this top two race is now wide open. No, completely, and that. As people know, listen to the podcast more regularly. I've got a couple of Barnsley fans in my office, which is weird. I work in Wimbledon. Oh, and um, and the fact is, is that they they're missing Kaifer Moore. You know, people talk about not yeah. having a plan B. Um, but but they're right now, don't they? He's a, yeah, but, he's a good player. Yeah, but apparently, he plays off Kaifer Moore. 
So he, he plays off Kuiper more. He's not the kind of player yeah. to lead the line. So this, and you know, he was the he was the guy that led. You know, you sometimes you've got two strikers, isn't you? And without what one of them can lead, and someone else can fill in. Mm-hmm. You know, he can sort of drive play. But I think without Kuiper Moore, Audrey Woodrow's finding it hard to drive play. Yeah, uh, obviously, um, no one wants to see players get injured. It's a horrible thing to see in football. You see, we've seen, we've seen what injuries can do to players. Danny Rose, he, ne- he never got never got a chance after. after he's got he's got a he- he's got a head issue as well, isn't he? He's got he had serious concussion, yeah, a fra- fractured that. skull. And we know what can happen to football. Ryan Mason, his head injury cost has cost him his career. Yep, yep, for sure. And then they've got um, what's his name? Their, their centre back is um has been out, isn't he? Is it Lindsay with a, a broken leg? Oh, um, yeah, I know what you mean. I can't remember his first name, but. And then oh, they've Vimro's injured though, so are they having a bit of a um, injury crisis now? Then yeah, they've had a, they've got the, they had a, their centre midfielder broke his leg a few weeks ago. They've got a centre back oh. who's been out. They've got their top scorer is injured out for the season. So Barnsley are really struggling. It's not looking good for the Tykes, although right. um, they're still on, they're still one of a shelf top two. Obviously, of course, but it's going to, this could go down to the wire given the. But Cholter now of nowhere are in touching distance within touching distance of top two as well, so it's going to be really intriguing for the neutral and for us as well. It's going to be nerve wracking and nail biting, but I have a funny feeling we won't be disappointed. No, oh, I like I like the optimism there, and to be honest, we can write off. We can even though I'll be dreaming about it, we can write off Charlton because I don't know if you remember, but going back about a month or two, Lee Bowyer said that he'd given up on automatic promotion and he was settling for the playoffs. Oh well. Apparently, he's a realist. I, I like to think he's a good. He's to me, he seems he seems a good manager. He's just a good fit for the club. They work well together. But what even when he said that, I think in the back of his mind, everyone knows it's not over till it's over. And now he's coming out and saying top two is well within their breaches, and it is to be fair. But we have gained we have gained higher than them, and a better goal difference, and more games won in the day. And I think going down to going down to the fine mar- fine margins, we might just nick it ahead of. Say a Sunderland, Charlton, Barnsley. Although I don't want to tempt fate and jinx it now, but well, you just have thing. on the podcast. <laughs> Everyone's going to know about it. Oh no, the <laughs> name's out there. What am I going to do? <laughs> God damn that, John. <laughs> oh, Charlie, you should. Oh, God. No, no, I think it's good. I've been saying similar things in some ways. And we've got the we've got the ability. If we didn't, if we had a bit of a better goal difference. We'd be all right, wouldn't we? Was it? Is it plus? Is it plus? Is it five or six hundred? Six right goals, I believe. Six goals. Well, we played Rochdale this on the weekend at Fratton Park, and let's just see what happens. Obviously, yeah. we want to ideally first a clean sheet, yeah. and then three goals minimum, in my opinion, because we need. It's it's a. I don't say no. It's a game which we. Need to win. It's a must-win game. We have six cup finals, and this one we have to win to start it all off. Yeah, indeed. Oh, yeah. And, and, but he, win. and Brett Pittman's already been telling us not to focus on what Sunderland and Barnsley are doing. No, obviously, focus on ourselves. Yeah, obviously, obviously focus on Portsmouth. We're not going to do that because we have to report no. on all of it. But it's good if the players are going to focus on that kind of stuff. Mm, it, I'd like to think maybe we... Would, well... I don't think maybe the players wouldn't take too much notice when the other teams around us, but now it's so close. They will. The fans, we... we um, they are taking be, notice. They are. Because they. someone said on uh, Express Defender, I can't remember who it was, was it Gareth Evans or whoever it was, said mm. that 
they were watching the get the game before they went out and played. So Hoops was one of the early games, and they were watching the Bar- it. Was it the Barnsley game against? Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's be honest. It's not as if the, the I know the football clubs like players and the media from clubs like to put out that we're not even thinking about what Barnsley are doing. We're just watching how our own performance is, and we take it game by game. But we just happen yeah. to have the game on in the changing rooms before. Yeah, just do you know one, what I mean? One of those things. It was just it was opportunistic. Yeah. That. Yeah, so of course they're worried about everyone else. You would be, wouldn't you? It's just how it yeah, is. Yeah, you'd be a madman not to focus on the teams around you when they can affect ha- what happens to you in the rest of the season. I mean, if Barnes had lost that game or, or drawn or whatever, and then it might give the team even a bit of a boost to go out there and play better. Well, yeah, just to say we're coming for you. And we, we put out a statement against Shrewsbury, which is one thing I'm obviously proud of. But yeah. no, I'm, I'm enjoying it, though. I think we can all agree when you take back, we're still. I think we're two points off guaranteed playoffs, which is a minimum. And yeah. we're still in with a good chance of top two now. So as Pommy fan, it really is it's all coming together at the right time. Yep. And now just just uh, moving on to a slightly different topic before we go into part three. Yeah. What do you feel about the um the plan to move the floodlights to just get underway on I one side very of the stand? Interesting. Very, very interesting, because now it means I think I saw a plan um a mock-up plan, I think, on Twitter. Someone tweeted it. I was looking at it earlier before I came on, actually. And um, it looked as if they are looking to ex- connect the Frassen and then North Stand together, mm-hmm. as well as the um, extend everywhere in the ground possible to get it from an... Uh, I think... What is it currently the capacity? Because I, I don't want to get this wrong. Is there around 20,000 we currently fit in Crown Park? I believe it's just under that, due to ah, safety regulations. Mm. Let's, let's say it's 19,000 just to be safe. To yep. North um, yep. the, at the end of these plans oh, on Twitter, this is all just fan, this is all discussion amongst fans we, they believed the, the ground would reach 32,000 capacity I like that now, you know, if, we, if we could do that on the current location it's got to be the first choice isn't it? I would be, I don't think we find many probably fans who would want to leave Fran Park and you've seen them, just coming into quickly um, new football stadiums being built you look at West Ham they moved from Upton, from, um, Upton Park to the London Stadium. And yeah, yeah. The, the atmosphere's gone. That horrible athletics track they've moved to. Oh, it's disgusting. Shouldn't I think been anywhere near a football pitch. I've actually not been. Have you been? Not, no, I want to go. I need to do my ground hopping. <laughs> I mean, it's on the list of places I can't really be. I'm not as inspired to go purely because of the atmosphere. And apparently, mm. it's, I've, I know somebody who's a West Ham season ticket holder. Oh, yeah. I gotta keep my arms length. Don't want to catch anything. But no, of course, don't. Of course, don't. But um, <laughs> but he's uh, what's he saying? Basically, he just sits in the sort of mid section of the, of the stand, and it's so far away, it's difficult yeah. to see anything. Christ, that's as a football fan, you want to sit back and enjoy the game. If you can't really see the game for a start or hear anything, that's not really a good start, is it? No, not if you've got to bring some sort of like giant telescope or whatever to be able to see no, West Ham can no. see goals freely. <laughs> Christ. So yeah, sure we haven't moved to a new stadium. No, but I think those lessons have been learned by football clubs. If you look at Spurs, they've really created a new oh, ground, etc. And that yesterday. that's supposed to have incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Really did. Yeah. So let's do that. Let's build a stadium, but let's, re- let's redo Fratton Park and let's keep the atmosphere. Keep. I think it'll keep the South Stand as well because it's a, a, a listed building. So they'll yeah. keep part of the South Stand and build up around it. So I think I'm. It's really exciting, mate. And 
I hope it, I hope if we start to see some of these improvements, um, mm. the the owners can get a bit of uh, a bit of uh, a pl- you know can get the plaudits really because there's been always been a lot of talk, isn't there, from owner yeah, to owner has. about this, and right. nothing's been done. So if we actually start developing the stands, I'm going to be pretty excited. It would be nice to see some sort of progress in the next few years. Although I think I don't think we're waiting too long before we see some some substantial improvements. No, I agree. And especially if the team goes up, I think it'd yeah. be a lot easier to justify as well. Mm, 100%. Cool. All right. Well, what we're going to do is we're just going to go into part three. Okay. And we're going to preview the game that everyone's marked down on the calendar. Ooh, Rochdale. The game that everyone has been waiting. Rochdale. The mighty, mighty Dale. The team that we seem to play every week. <laughs> Was it four times down the past year? Yeah. Yeah, Let's four go. times. Lucky us, mate. This is the oh, reason oh, to stay in League One, isn't it? Cannot wait. All right, we'll go into part three. All right. Welcome back to part three of the PO forecast. Um, John, yep. just, just before we get into previewing the Rochdale game, I actually meant to do this in the last bit, but basically we got sidetracked as usual. Yeah, I uh, noticed. <laughs> yeah, so Ryan Edwards, there was a report... Oh. Um, from Alan Nixon, uh, from the things from the Sun, isn't he? Or the Mirror? Alan Nixon. Oh. Yeah, and he said that Pompey are interested in signing Ryan Edwards at the end of the season. He's a centre back. He's out of contract. A uh, bit, bit of a weird story, wasn't it? I think he um is cancer. Yeah, he's recovered from cancer, isn't he? Which is uh, yeah, also... like obviously pats off to him. For yeah, like, fantastic story, incredible. But I don't know Alan Nixon for me. I, I always think he's a good journo. He was, right, he was right by his bogle tip. He's right by Vaughan as well. But yeah. He gets a lot of stuff wrong. He says everything, so eventually something's going to be right. So I'm not too sure. I'll take some ground and soul. But Ryan Edwards, where would he fit into the side? Basically, he's not Baden Clark. No. He's probably not as good as Jack or Stark. I think Jack's probably one of the best defenders as well. I and agree. then Burgess is probably his level. But then Burgess is playing right at the moment. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the <coughs> as a whole to see how good he plays. But against us, he didn't seem to put a foot wrong. But that's just one game. So I put it out there on Twitter, and I spoke to a couple of Argyle fans. So his yeah. opinion from them. Uh, Finley Allen, to the cheers mate for messaging in, said, "As an Argyle fan, it seems like a strange one, especially with the likelihood of you guys going up. Mm. He's been okay this season. He's had some poor performances and some good ones in defence." Overall, he's been shaky at best. Oh, that's not that's not that doesn't bode well. Not from a Plymouth fan who are generally green tinted glasses. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Plymouth think he's only okay and shaky, that's not good. No. Um, man. Anything else for any Plymouth fans? Or no, that was the only guy who messaged me. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not too popular with Plymouth fans. Don't know about yourself. No, I don't think any of us are for some reason. Although I don't get why they hate us so much. Like Christ, we're closer to the teams in France than we are to them. I mean, they just need someone to beef with, don't they? Really? They do. They've Exeter. They have. That's probably actually, isn't it? That is easily. That's easily it. But at the same time, I mean, what it is is they've just wanted to build a rivalry, don't they? We, we, yeah. Exeter, you know, we're the biggest club. They want someone to run that one too. Simple as that. Yeah, and Derek Adams doesn't help either. He just goes oh, on about. Oh, he's a deluded arsehole. I don't think. There's anyone in football who's more conquer than he is. Did you see what he tried to do with the um, Plymouth Feral? He tried to ban them. Well, I think he has banned them, actually, hasn't he? I don't know. I heard about him mouthing yeah, off that was, BBC that was Devon. Shocking. 
He's banned. He's banned from enforcing um, point tuners, I believe. So it's just. I mean, the Plymouth Herald are hardly fucking the Sun, are they? No. And next, they. they I know. I I'm on my courses on Plymouth, and it's that's. It's they're a big part of the community that that Plymouth Herald and the club. The fact take take a link away, it's not. It's not healthy. I say that much. Of course it's not, but this is Derek Adams are talking about. He's almost got this sort of sense of self-importance that he wants to make a bigger deal out of it by banning the newspaper, in my opinion. It's all bigger yeah, than his ego up. It's shocking, really. It's, pit- it's petty and it's... It's just... There's no point to it. No. Anyway, enough about Derek Adams. Fuck him. Let's go into this game. Let's go and preview the amazing game of yeah, against Rochdale. So, Rochdale, let's be honest... They were having an absolutely appalling season, even by their standards. They haven't um, done much, have they, really, a season? No, they usually run very well. Um, I would say overachieving under Keith Hill, who's been a statistically very good manager. Um, Rochdale have always tried to play football, I'd say, in the right way. Yeah, they Um, they, they tried to play well against us. They didn't against us in the League and Cup. Yeah, no, they always try and pass the ball out well. They've always been quite a... You know, do or die by the sword of their own style, which I've always yeah. actually thought was very good. Yeah, but good. unfortunately, it just didn't work. It came to a stale end. Uh, yeah, the system. And he, sadly, because Keefer was gone, now, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I think it was he was sacked in March, and they uh, appointed Brian Barry Murray. Okay, he's probably the only person with a double-barreled surname in Rochdale. And, Brilliant name, that. <laughs> yeah, and he's been made the permanent manager now on a two-year contract after. Oh. Um, he won eight points in four games. That's not, so, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Huh? So in the last five games, they've won two, drawn two, lost one. Yeah. And that one loss includes that loss to Sunderland, which was over <sighs> the last moment. Oh, oh don't. I'm, I'm still recovering from my bet, loss, bet losing them. <laughs> yeah, you're 50 quid. But, <laughs> but the fact is, though, that that Sunderland loss, I'd, I'd say, was a pretty un- unlucky loss to... Um, to lose in the last 89th minute. Yeah, it's and I think a massive sucker punch. That's the only loss in the last five games that they've had. So they're in decent run of form. So you actually think, wait a second. Yeah, they're a decent team at the moment, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. So we look they're at the... So they drawn, they drew, before that, they drew a Gillingham and, and Oxford in relegation fights. They beat Scunthorpe 3-1. They beat Shrews, Shrewsbury 2-1. And, be- and before that, the the loss before that game in six comes to Luton two 0 with a man down. So uh, nothing to be expect. nothing to be embarrassed about. Um, no, where is it? I actually had some interesting stats. Ooh, some stats. Let's hear them. Do have a good stat if I can find them. <laughs> when was April the April the ninth? We just had that, haven't that we? That was who? No. Was that yesterday? Yeah. That well, was yesterday. Where is the where is their games then? I, I've completely fucked this up, mate, if I'm honest. Oh, I thought um, I thought that um Ro- did Rochdale play at Accrington? They lost one 0 didn't they? Okay. So the stats were, and this is what's interesting, so that's completely mucked up my statistics as well. But they they basically they had a chance of avoiding relegation. Yeah. Uh, was fi- if they won away, it was fifty seven percent. Oh Jesus! As if they lost, it was twenty point seven percent. Statistically, as well, Rochdale against Sunderland. If they won the game against Sunderland, yeah. Um, the 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 difference was this is the statistics of a top two finish. Yeah. yeah. If Rochdale beaten Sunderland, 
it was only a 21.7% chance guaranteed of a top two promotion. Christ. Yeah. Whilst oh, winning, whilst win, whilst winning away, guaranteed, winning away gave them a 45.8% guaranteed chance of, of getting second place. Oh, no. I don't want to hear this, Hugh. I don't want to hear this. Because now it's like, oh, no. So not only did you leave, lose 50 quid. No. I... <sighs> Oh no! Wait a sec, mate. You're wrong. Rochdale did beat Stanley, so my stats aren't all wrong. Okay, that's good. Oh, okay, I was wrong. I knew it was one goal in either way. Yeah. So, so basically, effectively, that gave them a higher chance of staying up and increased their um, probability okay. of avoiding so relegation. So then we bang up for it coming to us with nothing to fear. The fact they scored against Sunderland shows that they can score against the big boys. So it's going to be. It won't be mm-hmm. as easy as we think it will be. And Accrington and Rotherham, I'm guessing, aren't that far away from each other. So that would be quite a feisty game. And also, also the fact is that if Accrington had beaten uh, Rochdale, they had a 96% chance of staying up. Jesus. So it's a near on sets. If you, be- if you base that on expected goals, it is yeah, anyway. Goals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So let's go into it now, mate. Rochdale, yeah. players to watch. There's only one person that comes to mind when I think about this, and it's Ian fucking Henderson. Yep. The... I want to say Rochdale um, Pit. Well, no, the Rochdale icon. Let's say that much. That's it. Let's call it that. He's the Raul of Rochdale. Raul Rochdale. Yeah. The Rochdale Raul. Okay. Yeah. I like that. It works. Well, since he's thirty, whatever he is, four thirty-five. Um, he's getting on now. Yeah. So I sort of thought I'd go with the more retro striker. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's not content as well. Not, not too big, you know. And just for younger listeners who. Don't know who Raul was. He was a, a Spanish striker who played up front for Real Madrid. Um, good player. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ian Henderson, he's got 18 goals this season, plays up front. Um, Rochdale yeah. will still play a sort of attacking 4 3 3 formation, I'd assume. Um, yeah. with, with Henderson up front. He's the man for them. 18 goals is pretty, that's, pretty good. That's, ben, that's more than any of our players, actually, isn't it? I know. He's and there's been a rele- relegation scrap. He. That is really good going. Yeah, and as we were talking about, he's got five assists, and as we are talking about off the podcast, he's actually five foot ten, so he's not that tall. No, he's not tall for a striker. Oh, well, not a thirty-four-year-old striker. Like minimum you expect from a out-and-out type striker, but he's yeah. still not the tallest, really. No. Well, I'm about six-six-one. I think oh, I'm, I'm about. I think I'm similar height as well. Six. Mm. I think of being any shorter than me, I might struggle playing against the likes of Matt Clark at the back. So. They so, you, him, so, you could, so they're not they're not going to be playing long ball up to Ian Henderson, put it that no, way. No, they'll try and play it like he said. Earlier. Yeah, they'll try and play it yeah. the way it should be played. He'll try and get in behind us, find some space, etc. So it will be important in this game, in my opinion, for Clark to stick on Henderson and track his runs. Mm-hmm. In addition, it'd be useful if Naylor can also just drop into the pocket when yeah, need be. Yeah, stop him getting space and movement. That's it, and just break up. If, if Naylor looks forward and starts to look at breaking up the passes. Um, into Henderson and, and Clark watches his runs. I think we should be okay. I'm not concerned about them as a team in that sense. No, because they we, do align him heavily. And we match up very fairly well as well against Rochdale, as has been yeah. shown in all the other games that we've we've played against in this season. <laughs> At home, is Fratton Park going to be a help or hindrance for us, John? Um, it's got to be help. The fans are believing. The players are believing. I think everyone in Paul's is believing we can get top two. We win, we win all six games, we are getting top two. That is the way it is at the end of the day now. Just need to thump Sunderland. 
Yeah, or even you know, just to be in what two nil, two one, and then just as long as we get we score more than them in our final games, we a, a six fine. goal a six goal swing though, John. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Uh, it. We look at the running now. We have two home games after Sunderland. We have home game now. We have home game against Coventry. We can score goals. We know we can score goals. We're the second top scorers in the division. So we, if we can keep Harren scoring now, I think we. We can put ourselves in a very, very good chance of the top two finish now. No, that's a good point. This is well, well put as well. I think, I think it's it's definitely possible. I think statistically, it's mm. most likely we end up in a playoff spot. That's me as the boring stats. Stats. No, nerd. no, no. Always good to be um, yeah. reserved and quietly confident. Yeah, but I'm confident that you know we've got as good a chance as, as the other teams around us. You know, from from a footballing point of view, yeah. uh, and we're we're on good form. Um, what? How do you think Jacket approaches this game? Does he roll out the same team as last week, or does he oh. maybe reintroduce Ronan Curtis on that left wing? Mm. Now that's obviously if it's not broken, don't fix it. But Curtis, if he's fit, you play him on the left, and Evans you bring off the, bring off the bench because at the moment Evans is not starting ahead of Lowe or Pittman. And no, he's not play front either. So it's got to be a change, bring in Curtis for Evans then keep it how it was on Saturday. And that's exactly what works in the Checker Trade Trophy final, wasn't yep. it? Getting Evans coming off the bench and really adding that uh, that running impact, etc. Um, Ronan Curtis obviously needs a bit more fitness coming back to game. He got a little bit of time, didn't yeah, he, against he, Booker, he but... works and then that last we want from him. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, let's go into it, John. Score prediction time. Oh no. Um... Here we go. I don't. Mm, I like to think we get a clean sheet. I'll go three now. Three now. Three now. Yeah. Three I, I I like that. Um. I was a bit. Do you know what? I was a bit gutted because I thought I was going to get my four-one uh, prediction correct at the um at Wickham, but obviously that, <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I did. I did guess the Brett Pittman brace though, so I'm happy for that. That's good. But I mean, I did sort of said it with this with a hint of humour. But, you know, <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> OK, I'm going to go with it's going to be a 3-1 win. I think we generally we generally concede a goal. Yeah. Um, Henderson probably will grab, grab one. That's what the numbers say. And I don't know. We like to invite a little bit of late pressure. So we, we do. We do. Yeah. 3-1 three, three for me. 2-1 Pompey. And then a lot of late pressure and we'll break away. We'll kill the game off and everyone will go home happy. Goal scorers. Oh, cool! That is hard. Um, I would go inside Pittman Hattrick. He hasn't had one for us yet, and I like. I think he could get one. Wow, I like that. Mm. Pittman Hattrick. Any penalties involved? Yeah, let's go for it. He's gonna, yeah, he will. He'll get his second goal with a penalty. Two penalties and a tap in. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay, Pittman Hattrick. Oh, that is bold. I oh, know it's bold. I'm just. I always thought I thought on Saturday had a good chance to get a hat trick before he came off injured, before he came taken off injured. So it's just it's coming. We can feel it coming, Brett. Just keep on, just keep saying bitch for nine minutes. You'll oh, get a hat trick. That's it. Come on, switch on, Pittman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with a Ben Close double and a Jamal Lowe. Goal. Ooh, a Ben Close brace. That's a it. Santi Xavi. Ooh. That's yeah, it. Too. Let's go for it. I like that. Okay. Yep. He's just gonna and he's what he's gonna do as well is he's gonna run over to the the Fraton end with the same celebration he does every time. 
Oh, yeah, the classic. But at least stick yeah. to it, though. He's no, like, yeah, he's just, he thought, you know, what should I do? He sees Lowe doing all these different celebrations. He sees Curtis breaking off with these different celebrations. Yeah. He thinks, that's just not me. I'm Ben Close. He yeah, looks around not. and he sees Brett Pittman running over to the fans with a fist pump. And he <laughs> thinks, that's more like it. I'll just yeah, do something like that. Sweet. Keep it simple. Yeah, simple and sweet always works. All right, dude. Um, cool. So we'll see if that's right or not. It's Ooh. been awesome. It's been awesome having you on the podcast, John. Thank you, mate. I've I've, I've really enjoyed it. And thanks. Uh, welcome to the Pompey News and our team. Oh, mate. Kind of. Thank you so much. It's going to be so great to be part of this team and keep keep working with you guys. Yeah. So we're going to have some great content coming out for people who've managed to uh, make it to the end of the podcast. Um, but <laughs> John, you. what else are we doing, mate? What are you doing? Do you want to plug your podcast as well? Um, yeah, I have a separate podcast with a couple of uni mates who are also Pommy fans, funnily enough. It's called a Charms Podcast, but recently we haven't been uploading much due to, uh, say, uni work revision and just other commitments, but we hope to come back up and running. So if you want to give us a follow, it's Charms Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, get that done, and uh, we'll be sure to share that content out on the um, Pompey News Now stuff as well, as Much well as in the PA forecast. No props. And uh, John, it's been amazing. I'm sure we'll have you back on soon. Oh, can't wait. Thank you, mate. Thanks, mate. All right, cheers. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle. <laughs>